Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We've got a special episode for you today brought to you by HVR Software. And our guest today is the CEO of HVR, Anthony Brooks-Williams. Anthony, welcome to Cloud Wars Live. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks, Bob. Great to be here. So, Anthony, and, uh, you know, today's world, data is foremost on everybody's mind, the volumes of it, the movement of it, the utility of it, and the value of it. What's HVR's role on this, and how did uh, you and HVR come to this point? Sure, absolutely. So, a little bit about myself. I mean, I've been in the space for close on 20 years. Um, I founded a company in South Africa. You, you hear I have an accent. Um, in the early 2000s, and it was focused around auditing and recovery of, of SQL Server databases. And, and how we did that was we read the transaction logs of the databases and sort of bringing it forward. Now, you know, what we do is in, in moving data in a very efficient way across a network, data replication, data integration, we, we, it's a technique called change data capture. And so the way to do that is to read the transaction logs. So, you, so you're doing the CDC mechanism. Um, and take a step back and my company, I brought it to the US and signed some OEMs with Quest Software and Golden Gate uh, Software and Golden Gate being the, the leader in the data replication space back then and, and certainly still today a, a massive player in that space. Um, you know, I formed a good relationship with the founder of Golden Gate, Eric Fish, and you know, ended up you know, selling the business to them, um, staying with them and then helping grow Golden Gate to the legend acquisition by Oracle in 2009. Um, and then got into another startup, sold that to Teradata, ran that for a year at Teradata. So I had the, the data, the data analytics type background, you know, coming into all of this. And then the investors for HVR approached me in 2016, really wanted to scale and, and grow the business. And I, and I saw what we said 10 years ago, we were having to, you know, explain to customers why real time mattered, um, why you could make decisions on, on, on fresher data. And, and back then, a lot of the time, it was a week old, a day old, legacy batch type ETL processes typically sufficed. And um, bring that forward to today, where that's really table stakes. And then the cloud, I mean, 09, 10, around then, you were trying to get customers to move data to the cloud because um, CDC is the most efficient way to do that. And they were nervous about the cloud, not putting my data in there, it's not that secure. Um, to today, when 16, when I joined, well, Real time is table stakes. The cloud is obviously real. I thought, wow, and this is a really scalable, flexible architecture that can handle the volumes of data today. I think we can make a go of it. And, and that's where, you know, sort of brought it, brought it all together and, and what made me join HVR. Yeah, Anthony, you know, as you described it, those, those, uh, the different desires over time, people starting to recognize, you know, over the last five years, 10 years, the, the value of data, and they wanted to do more with it, but the tools, all the capabilities weren't really there. But as you say, they're yeah. now here in table stakes. So what's that unique value proposition that HVR brings to it that lets companies do things that they couldn't do before? Well, the key thing is, I mean, we helping them gain a competitive advantage with their data. You know, we change in the way people route and access the data, the way they think about the data, the ability to make decisions on the freshest data. And we'll, we'll talk about some examples later because it, really it comes down to today, especially in today's times, data is the lifeblood of these organizations. And so the advantages are internal, whether they be operational efficiencies, uh, inventory management, uh, better or external, you know, better messaging communication with the customers. I mean, ultimately just leading to a better lifetime value with the customer and loyalty. Um, you know, a lot of companies, I mean, they don't necessarily have a problem collecting the data but the ability to manage these large volumes of data from very different sources and disparate sources, that's where we help them solve those challenges with that. 
Well, Anthony, so you've got this unique 20 year history, you know, with a number of companies, startups been acquired, you know, moving yeah. into large organizations. And now, as you said, data is the lifeblood of every company. Is it, uh, it seems to me though, that every tech company today says, oh, we're a data company or, you know, we're the data experts. Uh, but it, it's not that easy, right? No, absolutely not. I mean, they are, everybody's a data company. And then today everybody's a cloud company. Um, but it's, it's, it's absolutely not. We are, you I mean, we are at the, at the root at the, where that data gets generated. We touch, we, we, you know, we, we get hold of that data and we, we move that for, for them in the most efficient way. Just, you I mean, giving them the better options with it, letting them use, um, take advantage of, of the, you know, the cloud platforms that are highly scalable and efficient, uh, taking advantage of new platforms. We've seen such a snowflake, which has just exploded. Um, ultimately just, you I mean, they can make better decisions on this data. Um, you mean, and, and happy to talk through some some customer examples you know, as, as as we get there. Yeah, Anthony, that sounds great because you know ultimately, I think what the tech industry, as you know, uh, we gets to be very good at everybody jumping to the hot, you know, shiny object, the yeah. hot market that's yeah. going on. So. I think through the explanations of some of the customer stories you have, that's where I think the unique value that HVR offers is really going to come through. So could you share some of your favorite uh, customer stories and the, the, the use studies there? Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, I think maybe just to, to set the scene a little bit, you know, the key themes we're seeing, and I touched on earlier, is one, they want a better way to connect with the, with the prospects and the customers. And they want to all do this in a cost-effective manner, as I said. And so I mean, one example is something that Snowflake's done with their Dadex, you mean, um, but but also just the fact that, that, that they want to get the data where it needs to be, they need it in real time, and they want to make, I mean, see what meaningful connections can be made to that data. And so, you know, what we're seeing, and I think there's going to be, I'll touch on it now, but a significant event that, that's going to take place this year is like with, with Black Friday. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you mean, majority, if not all purchases are going to happen online. So these systems are going to handle that load. There's, these big events are typically these retailers, and yesteryear we've got buyer, a big appliance or something to run analytics on that for typically two or three major events uh, a year. Well, th that was reasons why they've adopted a lot of these cloud platforms. But then particularly this year, we, given COVID, given, given what's happening, there's no necessarily, I don't say a huge amount of people going to the brick and mortar stores. And so that's gonna then have a knock on impact as well with, with the logistics companies as well. You know, we've got a company, um, FM Logistic, uh, a company out of Europe. And you I mean, their main goal of using us is one just to optimize their warehousing and their their, their transportation activities, you know, which are the core of a logistics business. Um, you know, at the same time, they they have an ongoing project to look at creating new services based on on the supplier value added data. And one of those examples being is, is it possible for them to provide the the co-packing service provider with an inv inventory of of packing that needs to happen in real time. You mean, so this helps that provider then replenish the stocks themselves and optimize their own internal workflows, which ultimately smooths out the whole pipeline, the delivery, the experience to the customer. Um, you know, if you're thinking of some others like 1-800-Flowers, um, customer of ours, I mean, they're consolidating data from all their gifting sites. These are all other little businesses that they acquired, you know, for a richer customer experience, uh, upsetting. So if someone calls in and, they want to buy flowers, they're going to have the ability to upsell them in real time, you know, chocolates, cookies, or depending on the bouquet of flowers they acquired, the occasion, what's a relevant matching gift for, for, for that event. And so, I mean, it's all real time transactional data from various businesses into their 
snowflake environment in this case and just making better decisions that they can serve the customer at point of sale time. Um, another interesting one, apparel company, Under Armour. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they faced a lot of challenges this year with COVID. So from suppliers and, and factories shutting down to, the, to them having to close their own retail stores. Um, and then on the e-commerce side, you're having to deal with a limited supply, um, the challenges on the delivery side. I mean, they then coupled with us also own a bunch of um, uh, digital uh, assets, fitness trackers. Um, so even before COVID, they were looking at ways to reinvent themselves into more of a tech company um, than, uh, than, than a pure apparel company. And so, you know, with the idea being they want to transform themselves and, and integrate their apparel business with the consumer apps and they've leveraging data from these fitness trackers and tying that to what type of garments apparel is a customer to likely to buy based on their activities. And ultimately, they, the aim is just to develop more personalization to drive loyalty. So I think you can see all of those themes. It's all about creating a better experience for the customer. And we spoke about every company being a better company. Well, every company says they, they you know, customer-centric first and better experience. But to see ones that actually drive like we're seeing these customers, I mean, that's the... That's the key thing where they're using that data to that. And then probably last example, just given the times as a healthcare provider that we have who quickly adopted the cloud, I mean, as part of their response to COVID. So they could plan better resources around beds and supplies and, and all of that type of stuff. So you know, I think those are good pertinent examples that we've, uh, that we've seen, um, you know, this year and, and, and pick up speeds, especially. Anthony, you know, those all, all those examples are, are, you know, right on the mark there about how companies have had to change profoundly over this past, you know, seven, eight months. But I think that, you know, in particular, one of the things that you're describing about Under Armour, right, is these companies changing not just the tactics of what they do, but strategically their opportunities. You say, you know, uh, Under Armour, you know, I, you know, when I was a younger, more, maybe more a target uh, audience for them. You know, you thought about sweaty gym clothes. Uh, you never thought about that. How do we then wring not just sweat out of those things, but data out of it? How do we become, uh, you know, a digital player in this world? So it seems like the ability of HVR to help them get the data to the right place at the right time is helping these companies move either within the industry they're in or move across industries as the new opportunities arise in this digital economy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's about the value of data. I mean, the data is just data unless you do something with it. And so, yeah, we can get that data to them really quickly, um, but it's what type of data they want. What, what decisions do they want to make for it? And a lot of the stuff, you I mean, ultimately gets driven down from the top, from that, from that decision-making process. What is the strategy? How are we going to reinvent ourselves? We're going to help connect the dots for them with that by getting them that, 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 you know, that critical data. And also, Anthony, when you described uh, the logistics customer that you have in Europe, uh, yeah. it, it sounded like, again, the impact of what HVR is able to do with them isn't just within the four walls of that company, but they can do things better, which then help their partners and others in that value chain optimize their operations. And ultimately, that cascades together for that better customer experience that you've described. Absolutely. And just, just to touch on that castle, which was hugely impressive for me, I mean, as we grow our business and we're constantly looking at our values as a company, 
I, you know, they, they were in, in New, when they were you know, still a fairly new customer to us, I, I'd got on a call with their leadership and, and they wanted to build a, a relationship with us because one of their core values as a company, they're very progressive thinking, is that all employees should have access to the data and access mm -hmm. to all data because they believe that makes a difference in that whole value chain. And so versus just, you know, keeping it to certain groups or a certain project or a certain use case, it, they very much treat it as, as the key currency in that company. And that everybody, no matter what your role is, you have access to the data. Because if you do, you can do a better job. You can create value and drive value the whole way through that process. So that was just interesting, the way to see how they have really taken that into actually the core values of the company, who they are, how they treat their people. That was, it was eye-opening and, and really good to see for me. Anthony, it sounds like, you know, what you just described there and in a number of your customer examples that, you know, we, we, he, we've seen and heard the term digital transformation so many times over the last few years that, you know, in a way the term can lose some of its impact. But when it really happens, right, when these companies are really able to flip from where they've been to what they need to be, it's not just about the digital, you're talking about the culture thing here. So how do you change the, either the, the way that the companies organize, the way that they treat their people, the autonomy and responsibility they give to people to be able to interact with that data. These are, those are big changes. Yeah, yeah, massive changes. And I think a lot of that we've seen, you know, this year it's, it's just sped up. I mean, we, we, we're fortunate in that um, we've had a very good year. So we obviously, I mean, got a good product, a great team, right place, right time as well. And, and for some folks, that's not the case, which it is unfortunate. So, but I mean, it, it comes down from leadership, making these decisions. We, one, a lot of them, it's about survival. Um, one of them, it's about how can we do business in a much better way? And ultimately it's stuff that they've got to drive down, you know, from, from the leadership. I mean, digital, as you said, digital transformation, it's, it's, it's exciting and it's sexy right now. But it is risky and it's constantly evolving because customers' expectations are rapidly changing. I mean, customers don't want to wait for answers. They expect, you know, when they, you know, expect the company to not only know who they are when they log in, but also what they like, where their address is, how much they usually spend. And so meeting these customer, you know, expectations, there's challenges that arise. So are you targeting them with the right information? Did you get the information correct? Um, can you find the status of the order immediately? I mean, uh, and, and importantly, the most important thing is, are you keeping their data safe? And you I mean, that all then comes back to trust. And it's an important you know, lesson for leadership to support and design resources and leverage these technologies that support maintaining the connection of trust through that whole process. And that, I mean, it's gotta be how companies, organizations live, breathe, act, and drive down and make it a core part of, of their strategies. So Anthony, I'm glad you brought up that notion of trust because again, you know, over the last seven or eight months as we have all had to learn how to deal with each other at a distance, right? And rely more on yeah. the technology. It's, yeah. it's changed things so much. And, you know, you talked about it in terms of security and privacy, which, which is so powerful, but at the same time, right? You give employees the chance 
to have access to this data. And there comes yeah. into question these issues about privacy, right? And, yeah. you know, how can you know enough about the customers, which you just described, and we all want to have yeah. that, but how do you not cross the line into being sort of creepy about that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, firstly, from our perspective, you know, that, that is a key priority for us and the data is, is, is all encrypted and there's a lot of those type of protocols um, that are, that are in place with that as well. We certainly see and, and echo that. I mean, when we, and we've seen a big uptick in that, when we transact with customers, we are working with the biggest companies in the world. It's, it's, it's a great um, you know, area for, for our product uh, from a fit perspective. We certainly see when we transact with them in these contracts, security is a, is a key massive part of that transaction. Um, you know, in yesteryear, there'd be a paragraph about you know, five, five sentences long. Now it's a it's it's, it's a much uh, steeper process, and so I think everybody understands that, and that's whereby you I mean everybody's just got to you know meet the needs throughout that whole process. As individual companies, you know, we do, you know, we follow strict security guidelines, and and we're constantly looking to improve on those all the time. But in 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 engaging with these customers, they expect that as well. Not only contractually, but but for the example I had with the customer, about a trust, I think it was so refreshing that call because what's lost today is everything is very transactional mm -hmm. and no one takes the time to build relationships necessarily along the true relationships. I'm not talking about, hey, get a deal, take a guy out to dinner type thing. I'm talking about build a proper relationship in all parts of your organization with the customer. And it, it just creates a much better cohesive you know, story in the end and ultimately, this trust part comes in, whether it's touching security and loyalty and pulling it all together. To me, that's where it just takes part of it. So there's, a, there's what you can do from a technology perspective and a contractual perspective. But I think there's a relationship part in all of us. That's a, that's a key thing that, that lacks a lot today. And we certainly trying to work on improving all the time ourselves, because ultimately you just want to drive the customers to success and, uh, you know, the customer's successful. You I mean, we will be as well. And so, you know, that's what we're striving for. Anthony, could you talk about a little bit with these, you know, you said you deal with some of the biggest customers in the world, you're discussing with them, arguably their most valuable asset, their data, you're, you're helping them form their strategy for how they move into the future, and become successful in the future. So what are some of the titles that you meet with these days? And what are the sort of first questions that you're getting from these executives in your customer companies? Yeah, it'll be you mean a fair amount still happens on the IT, legacy IT side of the house. Although I would say there are as many tech IT savvy people sitting in the business side these days as they used to be in yesteryear on that side of the organization. So depending on the projects for us, it would be you're talking to head of IT, chief architects, and, and you mean whether it be database or data warehouse administrators to on the business side, the um, BU units, the heads, the heads of those BUs, COs, chief data officers, they, they are getting a lot more. And, and in some cases, you know, CEOs as well, they get a lot, that really get and, and understand that data is the key currency. Um, and so one, they first wanna know, I mean, can you meet the need? Can you, can you help them fulfill the solution that they're trying to do? And so we definitely, you know, take out of not just selling a product or selling a solution. I mean. I'm only one of many people at, at our company that has been in the space for this amount of time. A lot of my, my colleagues today were, were, were at Golden Gate and left there and went to the Informaticas and 
other companies in the space and, and we got them all fortunately to come together. So when we go into a customer, there's this mass amount of, of knowledge and industry experience that comes with it. And so we help them solve the problem they're trying to solve. And I know it's, again, that maybe sounds cliche, but it truly is. That's the approach we have. And I believe that's what's made us successful and win. And so you first dig into what are they trying to solve? What are you trying to do with 1-800-Flowers? What are you trying to do under Armour? Okay. You want to get data from various different sources, various warehouses. This is what the systems look like. The end goal is, you know, offering, being able to offer the customer a better experience at the time of point of sale. And so we really do take that approach and then we'll have our folks that go in and help, help, you know, meet the need of this because a lot of the data is generated in your oracles, your SQL servers and stuff. I mean, those are still the core platforms where majority of the data is generated today. But where the data is going in this modern world, new platforms, that's evolving, changing all the time. And so that's where these, no one has, the customers don't have that experience. They may have loads of Oracle DBAs, but they don't have a whole bunch of Redshift, Snowflake, or, you know, MemSQL type, single store DBAs that are out there. And so that's where we pick up that experience, obviously, along the way, and all our folks are, are you know, are certified in these different platforms. We ultimately help in that whole holistic approach of, of solving that problem. But ultimate, can you get my data where it needs to be? And can you make sure it's secure? I mean, those are the, the, the first key, those are the two main things that they, that they ask us. And Anthony, as, as we close, uh, what's your outlook for 2021, right? If there's a, a couple of big trends that you see emerging in this digital and data-driven economy, what would you advise businesses to look out for? Again, you mean, it's a, the time I think, what are you trying to solve for? You mean, what, are you, what, are you, what is your ultimate end goal versus there's this new cool platform out there. The CRO attended a virtual conference and said, we should all be on this platform. You know, that, there's a lot of that. So what are you trying to solve for? What is your end goal? And then having a, a real structured you know, strategy to how they're going to go do that. I see more of the same um, of what we've seen this year. We, we know, let's say COVID's not going away in a hurry. So from a business perspective, I see things transacting very similar to what they are today in our, in our, in our daily lives. And, and people will have different approaches to that and, and how businesses handle um, this environment. Um, those that are able to work remote, I believe will continue for foreseeable future. Others will, unfortunately, are not able to. Um, but I see all of the digital trends that we've seen this year just continue. I mean, we, if I look at it from our perspective, that's obviously where I have the most knowledge. We had our best quarter ever in Q2. And it was a wow moment. Like, you mean the engine's working and everybody wants to adopt what we're doing. Well, it continued in Q3 and Q4 is lining up the same now and Q, Q1's potentially looking even bigger. So it's great for us, but that's not the point of anything to boast like that. It's about, here's what we've seen. Massive digital, you know, people are truly taking a digital approach to their businesses. Where are they sending that data? They're sending it typically to the cloud why? Because it's the most cost-effective, efficient place for them to do that in most scenarios. And ultimately, they know in order to survive, to keep going, to have the edge, make decisions on the freshest data you can. I mean, that's that's what they're trying to do. And so I just see more of that continuing. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good outlook, uh, Anthony. I think that's one that uh, people are, are going to be heartened by after what's been a pretty tricky year for a lot of folks. And, yeah. you know, it's good counsel from end to end there. So... 
Anthony Brooks Williams, CEO of HVR. Thank you very much for being with us here on Cloud Wars Live. Thanks, Bob. It was my pleasure. Right, and thanks to all of you folks for uh, tuning in here and hearing about what HVR is up to. We look forward to seeing you next time here on Cloud Wars Live.